Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Hey everybody, David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. In this episode recorded at the Tools Conference, Lucas sits down with the founder of the Auto Shop Owners Group and the owner of Lonsdale Auto Works in Lonsdale, Minnesota, Scott Palava. He's joined again by Tom Shear of Shear Sales and Service, as well as Corey Whistler, the owner of Blue Mountain Car Care in Newburgh, Pennsylvania. Before we get started, if you're on YouTube, make sure that you're subscribed. About half our views are from people that are unsubscribed, so if you like what you hear, a sub would be awesome. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast listening app, make sure you have a set to automatically download the latest episode so you never miss an upload. And now, here we go. Now, how many years have, Corey, how many years have you been to this event? You come every year? How long you been involved with them? Oh, yeah. Every year. Oh, my. 15 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but not on the board or anything. Didn't serve. Right. You know, just a member. So, um, how uh, how has the event changed in the past few years? I mean, what, what have you seen change with the event? Well, I've I definitely seen ups and downs. Right. I, I remember coming into an event in, uh, you know, 2007, 2008. Right. And going, where is everybody? Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but it uh, hasn't, hasn't been like that uh, since then. Uh, right. It seems to uh, be growing. And, um, but, you know, the trainers is just, yeah, always, every year. Right. Seems to be better and better. Right. Now, Tom, you're right from this area. Have you been to this event before? I've not been up to here. Uh, I've been to an event in uh, Grantville. Right. A few years back. Okay. And, uh, you know, very limited for my attendance to these. Right. Right. Um, So, Tom, you know, one of the things um, everybody in the group looks up to you. We all look up to you. You're like the 
golden standard of shop ownership. The right. old guy. Yeah, the old guy. Tom Shear. Everybody wants to be like Tom Shear. How do we get so successful like you? <laughs> he looks a little like Mitch Snyder in his younger years. He does. Are you, are you the second coming of Mitch? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's my <laughs> forgotten father. So you you've um you're into a really successful, really nice shop right now. Um, it's kind of cool because one of the things that I thought was neat is Adam, who was on the show yesterday has taken kind of where you started with it all uh-huh. in, in one sense of the word. Um, and now he's running with that location, starting, you know, moving his shop there, buying that. Right. You know, you've had a lot of experience in shop ownership and car sales, the whole nine yards. Here we are, we're talking to a group of 5,500 shop owners. I know some of the good advice you've given me over the years. Uh-huh. What's your message to these shop owners? What, what is something you would say to them that you've learned over the years that's probably the most pivotal thing that changed your dynamic, changed your world? Uh, I'm going to say be open and willing to change. Uh, yeah. Hire a coach. Find a mentor. Yeah. And latch on and learn whatever you can. Yeah. And, uh, you know, along the way, there's going to be – a lot of things that you're going to be uncomfortable with to do. Yeah. But you have to be willing to make that change to get to where you want to go. Yeah. I think you're exactly right. And, and you know, yesterday I said something and, and it, it really came from a video. Um, and I'll, I'll post a link or we'll get David to post a link when he gets on here. Um, but there was a Brian Kite. He's a motivational speaker video. And one of the things Brian Kite said in this video was, is how does it feel when you do something you don't want to do, like when you do something you're afraid to do, jump out of a plane, get up on stage and speak. How does it feel when you do that? Is it fun when you do it? No, it's not necessarily fun, but it's that push. It's that drive. It's that next level. Right. And, and unfortunately for shop owners, one of the things that holds them back in my opinion is, is they never take the jump. They never push. They never go to that next level because there's a level of fear involved. And I told you that last night we were talking. I said, look, I I wasn't going to raise my rates. I wasn't going to do the things that I was being told to do that made things better. I was resisting that change because I was afraid of the what ifs. I mean, if you're out of business, the what ifs don't make a damn. Right. If you don't have any money to pay your people, if you can't pay your bills and your family's starving to hell with the what ifs. Right. Well, right. Let's, let's turn the what ifs around. You know, what if what if I do make that change? You know, what yeah. if I what if I did make that extra, you know, $10,000 a month? Yeah. You know, in sales. What if I did move forward with some training to, uh, you know, better my service advisors or my right. technicians? Right. Well, I mean, you know, think about that. Um, I think the words catastrophizing, right? We, we always look at the worst possible outcome as human beings. Sometimes we get caught in that loop where we're looking at the worst thing that could happen. We don't ever think of the positive things. We don't ever think of what could go right. We focus on what's wrong, what doesn't work. My wife is a perpetual, uh, um, it's, I forgot the word now. Um, She's always looking at the worst uh-huh. because she's afraid that if she looks at the positives, if something negative you happens, she she'll be to the show, right? No, she doesn't. 
She doesn't watch my city council meetings. She doesn't listen to me for anything. She doesn't listen to you. She listens to me. Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems. And now they've just launched a new referral program. All you have to do is open your Parts Tech account, go to My Shop, and click on the Rewards tab. There you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. Well, well, maybe your private channel. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you know, so she she's one of those people. It's uh, you know, uh, the pessimist. That's the word I was after. You know, and uh, she admits that, but. You know, a lot of people are like that. They don't want to look at what the po- po- the potential good things are. Yeah. Because all the bad things, they want to be, that's what they're worried about. They want to identify all the negatives and they become fixated on all the bad things that can happen. They never look at what the good things are. Well, I mean, I think as shop owners, in a lot of ways, we're exposed to that, mm-hmm. right? We're exposed to the client that's worried about price. So we, we reflect that way on our prices. We're exposed to the technician who's worried about pay. So we reflect that on how we're paying them. We, we're exposed to negativity. We're exposed to challenges. And, you know, that's one of the things that, you know, I was talking about Brian Kite. And he talks about, you know, it's that courage to overcome that. It's that courage to move past it. And that's when growth really happens. You know, I've always said growth does not happen in your comfort zone, right? You've got to get out of where it's comfortable. You've got to move past that and say, look, <laughs> this is super uncomfortable for me. But I mean, that's where, that's where things happen. Right. That's where your business changes. That's where your life changes. That's where your family's life changes. And, and, you know, I think by the time, and it's not always the case, but I think by the time we become shop owners, right, we have a family. We have people who depend on us, Absolutely. right? Now it's not just about us anymore. It's yeah. about doing it for them and not just a legacy. Man, you know, I don't know if y'all know this. The first scholarship winner um, that went to, was it Vision? Vision? I mean, they were talking about like we were deciding whether to buy food or diapers. Not not like we need to buy food and diapers. Like we're trying to make a decision. Is it food yeah. or is it diapers? And it was parts. Parts parts or diapers. Keep the shop going mm-hmm. or right. keep the kids in diapers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's tough, right? Especially when you know that it's just one little decision, one little tidbit of information that makes all the difference in the world. One, one, more, one more trip up and you're done, yeah. both personally and professionally. I've been there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now – 
Tom, you're involved with the mastermind. Corey, I don't know if you know about our mastermind group. We've, we've got a mastermind I, group. I've heard of mastermind groups, but there's different ones. Yeah. Well, so, so ASOG has a mastermind group. And really what that mastermind group does is it tries to create a, a channel to help people who could not get help hmm. elsewhere. These two guys are on the mastermind. I'm not on the mastermind. But, you know, that's really important, especially for those who are in that really, really tough spot. Right. To be able to help them. And I mean, so what, what has your experience been with the mastermind, Tom? It's been rewarding for me to be able to share some of the knowledge that I've gained and experience over the years and see the, uh, the help that we can give them and the results and the appreciation from them. Right. And, uh, it's, um, it's very rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's a neat experience to get to see it. Um, and I, I think you bring up a really valid point is that we help others. And when we're helping others is when we grow the most, right? right? It's really hard to, uh, to sit over here and call the kettle black when you're like, Oh man, I'm still mm-hmm. doing that. Absolutely. I mean, I, I know I, I get stuff out of every one of the meetings, even though yeah. we're there to, to help. I, I pull more stuff out of the meetings than, you know, I'm sure Tom, you know, everybody does it, you know, this little tidbit here or there. That little morsel can make a huge difference that you never yeah. do. Yeah, I learned more being a fly on the wall than I ever did asking questions. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, it really makes a big difference for me. Um, Corey, yeah, tell us a little bit about your shop. Where, where, you, how long you been a shop owner? So, been a shop owner since uh, two thousand, right? And um, you know, one man band started, right? right? Mm-hmm. Uh, started out in my dad's shop that he had in the 70s right and 80s and um anyways um just uh we started working it um and we needed some help uh we saw at one point um you know we brought up a battle coach and right. um we decided <laughs> we definitely needed some help because you know you guys were talking about being facing your fears and stuff right right well I mean, I'm not sure that I know all you guys' backgrounds. I mean, just yeah. kind of match it. So, I mean, I was coming from a technician, right? Yeah. I was a tech. I knew how to fix cars. Right. Not <laughs> per se how to run a business. Yeah. I was just kind of going with it. Right. So then when I got some help through coaching, um, things started turning around. But you talk about facing some fears, like yeah. charging charging what they were saying listen this this is your numbers right you know i i don't know my numbers exactly and they're like you knew your sales and that's all that mattered exactly <laughs> right so um you know but the other thing i was thinking about when you guys were talking about it is you know you read these war hero stories right yeah every single one of them guys had fears yeah but yeah they they knew what needed to be done Right. So they went out and they still did it. Yeah. You know, exactly. even though it, I mean, for them, it was going to cost them their life, possibly. Right. So, um, but anyways, um, we've been, uh, you know, growing. It was just me, um, hired on a guy and right. just started to expand. And here in the last two years, um, uh, we just expanded. <laughs> we tripled in size. Really? Uh, nice. we had, um, a building come available. Um, 
it was a big rig shop. Oh, wow. And, um, you know, we, where we were at, we just, we talked about building and it was just a struggle, uh, with the township that we were in and everything with building codes and right. all kinds of stuff. So this building opened up and for sale and it was unbelievable. I mean, I had my eye on it for a while. Right. Finally, um, they put it up for on the market and I was like, Oh man, like a godsend. It and just, it came together. Now get this though, right? It was right during COVID, uh, right. right before COVID. So we were in there like six months. Right. And, um, then everything just stopped. Oh man. <laughs> and we had a coach. Right. And he's like, these are, this is what you need to do. Right. And he gave us a game plan to do it. And I was like, you know, man, I don't know about this. Right. I don't know. I want to do it. But I was like, the phone was not ringing. So it, it was that push, you know, yeah. you, you need somebody yeah. um, to help, you know, just to help you through these a coach. Exactly. You know, just like playing on a football team or right. whatever, you know. Yeah. You, you need some guidance and you need, you need that encouragement. And, and you know, absolutely. I, I don't know if y'all know this, Tom and I use the same coach. And, and one of the interesting things about that is that um, we were talking about it at dinner last night. Um, he went out and he took all of these people who were super uncomfortable on video. Have you seen this? Tom? I've heard a little bit about it, but no, I haven't so he, seen it. Like these people are super uncomfortable on video, like really uptight, really nervous, really, you know, and so he starts them very gently. Right. And, and so all of you who know I'm talking about you, listen up. Um, so he, he goes to him and he says, look, you guys keep talking about you're going to make videos and videos are powerful in business. Right. I mean, they are really powerful marketing tools when the owner's making videos and he's, he's on social media. He's part of the community. And, um, so he starts like getting them to make these little tidbit videos just for that group, just where they're comfortable. And all of a sudden they realized it's not so bad. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> it's not kind of fun. Gonna, yeah. It's not going to kill you. You're going to make it. Thank You're going to be okay. Yeah. And seeing them begin to like, open up to that concept, open up to that idea, just because somebody nudged them a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, and look, I, one of the things we always talk about with this show is that we're not like a super altruistic view, right? The reality is, is we all still have struggles. We all still have fights. We all have things that go wrong in our shop, right? Except for Tom. <laughs> Trying to figure sure. this out. <laughs> it's all unicorns and rainbows. No. And, yeah. Wait a minute. Speak, that's a different kind no. of shop. Speaking speak of, speak of fights, I just got a message from my wife. She is listening. Oh. Yeah. yeah. See, she likes yeah. the podcast. Yeah, she's she's criticizing everything I just said about her. And uh, um, yeah. yeah, sorry, dear. She, you know yeah. I'm joking around. She listens to the ASOG podcast. That's, that's where it ends. Mrs. Yeah. Scott, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> My wife, uh, my, my wife and I have a very good, uh, we mesh well together because I'm the guy who is just thinking of everything under the sun. That you and, can do wrong to get chastised for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, Christy is the one that, uh, will, will question me. Are you sure? And, you know, yeah. she kind of, she kind of holds me back sometimes to, uh, balance, not right? in a, not in a mm -hmm. bad way, but, uh, mm -hmm. makes me think about things and it works mm -hmm. out really well. So yeah, 
Nothing uh, wrong with that. I, I, I'm, I'm teasing. My wife is, mm-hmm. is really good about this stuff, but she is, she is that eternal pessimist. And right. we're trying to get her past that too, to look at the good. So well, right, moving on, you know, my, my <laughs> wife is, is very much the same way. She balances me out. Mm-hmm. She, she's that counter. And, and, you know, to these guys who are out here single, you know, we always hear about couples running a shop together. Working together as a couple is hard. Huh? It really is. And, and it's a set of challenges you have to overcome. But man, to these single guys and gals out here running a shop, boys, you better have you a coach. You better have somebody that's got a different view than you do. That is an important thing. I, I think if there's anything through this journey I've been on, it's having other people that have a different perspective of my operation of what's going on in my life than what I do. Because I realize now how easy it is for my perspective to be short-sighted, right? It ends like right here, right at the end of my nose, you know? And it's super easy to get caught in a situation where, oh, man. I probably did not make the right decision and somebody else could have easily looked at you and said, Oh, you shouldn't do that. Right? Like I run stuff by Rick. I run stuff by Dutch. I run stuff by David. I run stuff by all my friends. And occasionally I'll have this idea that I think is clear cut, man, that's right where it is. And then I'll ask somebody and they're like, why in the hell would you do that? (laughs) Oh, well, what do you mean? Well, what about this, this, and this? Oh, I didn't ever think of that. You know, I mean, those are, those are big and, and, you know, yesterday we were talking a little bit about competition. And I think looking back now, I recognize that for a while I was so worried about competition. I was so worried about what maybe it wasn't even competition. I was worried about what other people would think of me if I shared that or I said that and it was a stupid comment or whatever it was. Now I look back and think, man, think of the trouble I could have saved myself. You know, like what about I just like uh, talk to him about that? Huh? That would have probably been a good thing. But so Tom, what's the vision for the next couple of years? I'm kind of uh, undecided at this point. You know, it's uh, obviously want to continue to grow our business. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've been very lucky. We have a really good team and uh, they make me look good every day. (laughs) So uh, thank you. But um, you know, it's, uh, Continue to work on that. Um, have uh, some different areas that I'm contemplating going, whether that's uh, to continue to uh, maybe expand to another location. Right. Um, or kind of take a step back from the business, uh, keep it running, and uh, just monitor and maybe go into the mentoring side of things. Right. So right. I'm a little bit. I have not chosen that path yet. I got you. So, you know, we talk about challenges. You've still got them. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are the biggest challenges you face right now? I mean, you, you're, uh, and I, I'm not just joking. I really mean it. You're probably one of the most successful shop owners I've ever met, ever known, ever worked with. What challenges do you face today that, that the other shop owners need to hear about? Um, first of all, thank you. Uh, I yes, don't sir, really see myself in that light, but uh, I appreciate that. Um, you know, there's, there's challenges everywhere. Um, you know, staff, like I said, I have a really good team working with us and I'm really lucky. Um, I'm looking to grow my staff in a different way rather than just get them to know their job. Uh, I'm looking to change and adjust on our culture. 
Right. And that's been a little bit of a challenge, you know, because there's just some people that have a real hard time with that change. Yeah. And uh, they don't see the big picture. And uh, so I, I've, you know, struggles on that end there. Um, you know, the running into the similar problems that everybody's going to have, you know, marketing, what do we do to keep cars coming in? Right. What do we do to keep the right cars coming in and the right client? Uh, you know, things like that. Well, and, and, you know, that's something that's, that's important to bring up is because marketing shifts so quickly now. Absolutely. Right? Um, I've got a good friend, Justin, who um, does a ton of, of marketing and things like that. Um, and we were talking recently how he's, he's over here switching to TikTok. Right. And he's conventionally been on Instagram. He's been on Facebook. And, and I know a lot of shop owners who are just now making it to Facebook. Right. And, and so like now you're thinking about Instagram, you're thinking about TikTok, you're thinking about these other methods, man. And, and like even me, like I post stuff all the time and I'm over here like, I don't know how this works. This does not work like I think it should. <laughs> and, and like, who am I, you know, am I sure I want to send this out? Like, who am I reaching with this? But our clientele is changing, right? Our demographic has to change. And then you, you throw in the mix something like COVID. You, you change the dynamic of, of what, what we're doing just through something like that. Man, you've got to stay on top of it. Marketing can be a tremendous challenge. And, and keeping the cars come in, you know, I, look, I mean, you, you, you've got a super successful shop. You've got a big shop and you brought something up a few minutes ago that, hey, COVID hit and it's like, whoa, uh oh, <laughs> this is not good. Right. Um, and that can be scary. Tell us what you did. I mean, what did you do differently that started the phone ringing again? Well, uh, one of the things, and I was like, man, that, that just seemed desperate. He, he told me, pick up the phone, call him. Yeah. Call him personally because a lot of them were home, right? They yeah. were sitting at home because they couldn't go to, they weren't essential like we were. Right. And he's, he basically said, ask them how they're doing. Right. You know, and, um, you know, I wasn't asking for an appointment or anything. Yeah. I was just saying, hey, everybody healthy, safe. How are we doing? Right. And, you know, at the end of the conversation, whatever, however, might, it what usually wasn't, hey, I'm busy. Let me alone. We were on for a couple minutes anyways. Yeah. And then I'd be like, all right, we'll take care, you know. Uh, stay safe and all that. And I'd be like, oh, hey, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd be like, well, that's not what I called for, right? You know? Right. And then um, the other thing, because everybody's sitting at home, you know, uh, definitely the fear factor, again, with Facebook and yeah. getting in front of the camera. Yeah. Um, so um, my son actually works for me at the front counter. Right. So he got stuffed with 21, that job. and I'm like. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> Go for it. And so he started doing a mail run yeah. uh, every day, just walking out, getting the mail. And everybody started, you know, clicking on it, watching it. Oh, Commenting awesome. about that's it. That's a really good idea. And it was great. It was, the phone was ringing. Um, so it really got things going for us. And, and you know, that's so interesting you say that because, you know, Tom, you, you use Sam to do all your videos, don't that's you? That's exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, I, I think it is, it can be a little scary, 
right? And I remember like when I first started this journey, even things like Google My Business, I don't want to put myself out there. What if somebody leaves me a bad review? What if this happens? What if that happens? Mm-hmm. Like each no, one of those keep coming back. I know, right? But like each one of those little steps you take, whether it's marketing your business and being out there in front of the community, you know, and, and I, I've always worried like, what if, you know, people make fun of me or this or that. And, and I'll never forget, you know, I, I told my coach one time, I said, Hey, um, I said, uh, it's dropped off. I think that, you know, all of our clients are just this. And, and he said, Oh, so they all went and got together and sat at a coffee shop and talked about you. Hmm. That only seems slightly self-centered. <laughs> like, <laughs> huh. <laughs> you know, I had never thought of that. And so, like, when things happen in the shop, when when business drops off, it's usually us, right? It usually all comes back to right here because they're not sitting around talking about us, right? They're not thinking about us. So, I mean, and, and you know, the really cool thing is, and I had never thought about this until it started getting brought up, we're in a fairly recession-proof business. And, and you know, I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, name to me all of the, the industries that are recession-proof. And he said, uh, healthcare and, um, food and auto repair. I'm like, okay, why? And he said, well, you know, healthcare, you got to have that. Are you going to die food? You got to have that. And he said, you know, yeah, I guess cars really are because if something goes wrong, right. If you're, if your car breaks, you're not going to go buy a new one in a recession. Mm-hmm. You're going to fix the one you've got. So when things slow down, we typically do really well. But you know what I see shop owner after shop owner after shop owner do? They get afraid. They retract. They pull back that marketing. Oh, my gosh, the dollars aren't coming in. You know, I've learned, like, that's a fear factor to me. I just go on Google AdWords and I slide the slider all the way to the other end. (laughs) Like, you know, push it to the max. And like a a key or a way to push it. Um, T-Tech says there's no such thing as dropping off. Um, but you know, you, you push and you, you really have got to feed the advertising, the marketing and keep things up when it starts to slow down like that. What's been the most effective marketing for you, Tom? Uh, most effective is Google. Yeah. By far. Yeah. I agree. 110%, 110% Google reviews, Google AdWords. Like if you do it yourself, I'm not a big proponent of paying somebody to do it. I do all mine myself. And so like, you know, David's always yelling at me, 60, 90, maybe 30. That's the only way marketing works. And what I mean by that is he's always like, look, if you're not marketing 60 to 90 days out, it's going to be 60 to 90 days before it works. It's not going to work right now. You need to be planning for it way out. You need to be pushing way out. And shop owners typically wait until the last minute. Like, oh, it's slow. I got to go. So September 30th, they're advertising that it's October is a national car care month. The day yeah. before, that's when the ad comes out. Really? Yeah. You know, I'm guilty. <laughs> yeah. to me too. Now, um, yep, I don't, too. I don't know if that's T tech or T lec. Um, and he comments, he says, this is an excellent, excellent industry to be in. Don't even need advertising. Your customers do all the advertising for you. And that's very true. Right. That's what we're saying. Google reviews is big. Right now, I will say that when the shop is truly productive, right, if you're really pushing the shop and it's doing what it's supposed to be doing, there's definitely times, right, that you need to do marketing. I I see a lot of folks say you don't have to market, you don't have to market. You do. I mean, especially if you're a big shop, 
and you're you're running some volume through the shop, you have to market. There's no way around it. I just don't see it's possible. I think a lot of shop owners confuse marketing for running specials. Right? Yeah. Two totally different things. I don't run any specials in my shop. Right. But we, you know, our marketing is, you know, lots of different ways, whether it's Google, Facebook, whatever. We don't, we don't do traditional media because right. where I am, there isn't any traditional media. We got a local newspaper nobody reads and yeah. we have a local radio station that plays polka. Otherwise, you know, I'm, right. I can't afford the, the, the big, the big community stuff or the, the big city stuff because it's, I'm not marketing to the entire Minneapolis, St. Paul area. Right. But lo- local marketing, whatever it is, is having your name out there, having people see it. Yeah. You know, I, I really think though, you should do something with that polka station. Yeah. <laughs> I, you can come up with some type of polka song, some kind of little riff for the company. Yeah, right. He could dress you can up. Do it. Absolutely. He could dress oh, up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. polka dot dress. Oh. <laughs> I think a big thing with the marketing as well, you know, when they say, you know, not that, you know, these guys that don't do any marketing, you know, kudos to you. But you're probably taking anything and everything that you can to come in the door. Right. And, you know, who's your ideal client? Who do you really want to work yes. with and work for? Mm-hmm. That's where your marketing comes into play. I don't right. want everybody. I want this specific type of, of person, you know, exactly. with a specific type of car. And exactly. that's, that's where that comes real important. Yeah. And, and it, it's very interesting because you can steer what's in the shop with your marketing and you can, you can move and groove, if you will. You can move around that and you're, you're 100% on the money. That discovery conversation, I, I think that's the most powerful thing I've ever learned is have a discovery conversation to understand, is this client a good client for the shop, mm-hmm. right? I don't want people who don't want a properly repaired automobile in my shop. And it's not that I have a problem with those people. It's not that I don't want the best for them. It's just the reality is, is we don't improperly repair automobiles. That's not what I'm in the business of doing, right? So, right. sorry, this isn't the shop for you, you know, and, and we talk about it from time to time that... You know, McDonald's sells cheeseburgers. The steakhouse down the road sells steaks. If you want a cheeseburger, go to McDonald's. If you want a steak, go to the steakhouse. I don't understand why we look at auto repair like it's different than that. Like why we see it differently. Because, you you know, you don't go to McDonald's and expect to pay steak prices for a cheeseburger. And you don't go to the steakhouse and expect to pay McDonald's prices for a steak. Right? I mean, that seems a little ridiculous. And, you, you know... I know there are restaurants that cook your food. The other big thing is, is you don't go to a freaking restaurant and take your steak in there and say, well, you cook this for me. That just seems, I mean, like that's asinine, right? Did you try it lately? No, that's a, <laughs> just, just give it a shot one day. So see how it works. Take the, take, yeah, you know, maybe take that. the podcast on a little. There you go. That's oh, a restaurant. really good idea. Yeah. Yeah. I tell you what, I'll be the cameraman and you take the steak. Oh, I'm that guy. <laughs> but, uh, you brought it up. Um, and, and, you know, so in that. It'll be a Costco steak. It'll be yeah. the, the cheapest one you got, you know. Well, and, and in saying that, you know, something that, that, um, Something that comes up when you get to that conversation is, is that, um, you go in there and how many people come into our shops and expect us to do something for free? Will you test it for free? Will you, you you know, and, and look, I I don't think you have to tolerate that, but I mean, where would you, do you, I mean, do you, any of you guys go somewhere and expect not to pay something? 
Like, I mean, I don't even go to the convenience store and use the bathroom without expecting to pay something. <laughs> I'm like, I need to buy a drink now. Yeah, yeah. You, you, use, you use their facilities. That's all right. Yeah. You know, so I mean, like, how, Tom, how do we counter that? How do we, as an industry as a whole, right, we've definitely got some work to do. Right. And, and, and you've got those shops that are, that are not making that shift, that growth. What do you say to that shop owner that's not transitioned into that? What do you say to the shop owner that's not saying, okay, it's time to grow. It's time to discover the right client, the avatar for my business. What do you say to them? Come on, man, let's go. You know? that you're screwing um, it up for the rest yeah, of us. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that's a, uh, it's a very good, um, good discussion. You know, how do you get it across to them? You know, you got to get to them first. Yeah. So to get to them, that's through our associations, through ASOG, yeah. um, and uh, train them. Yeah. You know, just like uh, we have with our customers, when our customers want that for free, right. you know, we have a conversation and we educate them on uh, right. what what's proper practice and everything and what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. And maybe we need to take that to these uh, shops that are not yeah. willing to make that change. I agree. Um, you know, I, I, I take it back to we've had some conversations on the podcast about addiction. I almost take it back to addiction. Right. And, and you know, I've, I've talked to Rick about this before. And Rick said, I, I know shop owners that are addicted to their problems. They won't let their problems go. They're more obsessed with their problems than they are finding the solution. Mm-hmm. And and I think it it could even be easy to get that way in some instances, right? That you get caught up on your problems and you never focus on the solution. You're just so worried about that problem, right? That it becomes your whole world, your whole focus, and you don't know what you're going to do if you solve it because you don't have anything to to focus on. But um, I know for me personally, it kind of took hitting rock bottom, right? I mean, it really took – my story was simple. I, I went to an event. I was going to become a technician because I was tired of doing everything, cleaning the toilets, being the service advisor, working on all the cars, writing the bills, collecting the money, doing the bookkeeping, doing everything myself. And eventually I said, I can't do this. I'm going to go get a job as a technician. And I went to a training class and somebody said, hey, you should probably take a management class. You're a shop owner. Why are you taking technical? Right? Hmm. Didn't even know there was management training out there. And all it took was two classes. And I always tell the story, you know, Malin Newton was the, the first class. I'm not kidding. And I sat through that first class and I thought, oh, man, customer service doesn't have anything to do with how I feel about something. That's how <laughs> they feel. Did you feel, did you feel defeated because you were convinced you were going to go work for someone else and he, your mind was changed? Was there was there a little bit of that where you just went? I, th- I, I, I wanted to do. I wanted to be the best tech out there. Go work for somebody else, and now you've convinced me different. Or I, were you energized by it? I was energized. Okay, right. I was energized because I realized that there was a series of operational methods that would work. Right, and and I never thought about the fact that I had spent the last ten years trying to reinvent the wheel. I was trying to do it my way. I was trying to do it from the technician's seat. And, you know, you've always heard that that term of phrase that you can't steer a ship from the engine room. You can't steer a repair shop from under the hood of a car. You you know, and, and the same job that makes you a good technician is not the same set of skills that's going to make you a good business owner. Right. I can promise you that. 
right? You can be the best technician in the world and run your shop slap in the ground. I mean, that does not make you a good shop owner. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even like, as a matter of fact, it probably predisposes you to bad habits that will run you in the ground. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I, I'm, I'm so envious of Adam Rapp because he's never been a technician. He's like, the car's broken. We'll fix it. Oh, that's expensive. Oh, I didn't. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> I sold medical equipment. You know that. And that was really expensive. I know. Right. That MRI machine was like $5 million. Shoot. $30,000 for a repair. Cool. Send him the bill. <laughs> right. Never even crossed his mind. And, and, you know, so that was one of the things in, in Monique was here earlier. We talked about that is like our industry is way behind the rest. Mm. Like we're not advancing at the speed or the level that others have advanced at. I think it's your fault, Scott Palava. Usually is. Unless I ask my wife. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's my fault. <laughs> she is going to kill me for letting you on the podcast. You yep. know that, right? Yep. She, he, he has a very sweet wife. She she's a she lovely really lady, she but really is. I don't know how she got stuck with this jackass. <laughs> you want to tell that story? I mean, it's not for the money. Not, yeah, not you spent all looks. that. You spent all that. <laughs> well, I think you had a good point. I mean, you said you had to come here and and, and listen, you know, to a training event. It wasn't here, right. or, but that that is so important important because. I remember just sitting here listening to the conversation. Right. Just one thing the trainer yeah. told me one time. Yeah. And it, and it was as simple as you're thinking with your own wallet. Amen. Absolutely. Don't. It's a customer's wallet. Let them decide. You That's present it. what you have, the findings. Exactly. And, and, and I – let them come up with their right. own. Well, think of it. You know, I've always thought of it after I heard that and I really put some thought into that comment. Mm -hmm. You were taking the opportunity for them to become educated and the opportunity for them to make a decision away. Correct. And we felt like we were doing what was right for them. Right. Correct. And the reality was, is we weren't. We weren't being advocates for our client. We weren't giving them the full picture. We weren't giving them the information they needed yeah. to, to ensure that the automobile is properly repaired or repaired they, the way they wanted it, mm -hmm. right? Correct. We get so focused on price. And I, I tell this story. I, I had two clients come from one shop, and they came to me, and they said, um, I just had my car fixed, and it's doing this. We looked at it, and the first one had brake pads put on it, on rotors that were completely tore up. I mean, they, they like had quarter inch grooves in it. And I called the other shop and I was like, what in the world were you doing? Like you, you saw those were metal to metal, right? He's like, yeah, but they, I know they were going to fuss about the price if I put rotors on it. What are you talking about? Your job as a professional is to properly repair the automobile. That's the extent of your job. Right. And you let them dictate your process. You let them decide how you're going to repair the vehicle. But he didn't even let them decide. He made, exactly. a he made a decision, decision on what he thought was going to happen. Exactly. Not what, so now they're even more upset because they would have, they might not have been happy about the price, but they would have done it properly. Exactly. I mean, that car passes my wife. That car passes my children. God, I might. And it I passes everything because it can't stop. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> there you go. Again, I think it comes down to it was a little bit of a fear. Yeah. For him. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I, can't, I can't tell him it needs rotors, pads, all this work. We become obsessed in fear, mm -hmm. right? That's what anxiety is. We become obsessed in fear. We become so obsessed. We focus on the what if of the scenario to the point 
that it becomes overwhelming, right? So instead of facing the fear, we lay down and you know what we get? We get more scenarios that create more fear that, that it's a big, bad circle. Eventually we've got to grow out of that, right? Tom, what's your message to shop owners? Like how, how are we going to get them to grow out of that? What I, I know you've said how the, how they can grow out of it, but how do we get them moving in that direction? You're, you're in the mastermind group. Mm-hmm. You see these guys coming in there all the time. You talk to them all the time and you say, look, here's the pathway to do it. It's not just as easy as telling them to do it, is it? No, it's not that easy. You know, and just to go back to what we were all just talking about was, and I know you've heard this before from Rick, but uh, we're, we're prejudging the, yeah. that, that client when he comes in the door. You know, he's not going to buy the rotors. Right. That's not your, that's not your decision to make. I didn't exactly. buy it. I didn't build it. I didn't break it. Right. But I can certainly fix it. And I'm yeah. going to present you the proper way to do that. Exactly. So, you know, a big message is stop prejudging. Yeah. You know, stop making those decisions for your customer. That's not your decision to make. Exactly. You need to present everything. You need to take the time and do a proper evaluation, inspection, DVI, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Take the time and do that. Yeah. Don't don't tell me you're too busy fixing all the hard cars that you don't have time to do that yeah. evaluation. You're doing a disservice to your client, to yeah. your customer. So inspect that car, present that stuff, talk to them and come up with a plan. Right. Exactly. And that's going to help you grow right there that one thing yeah you're you know you're so right and i just explained to my staff before i left i said listen when you're talking about that evaluation the way that i explain it to my clients is this it's very very simple mr client i'm going to evaluate your car we're going to document it with pictures videos and notes from the technician it'll be like you're in the bay with that technician now mr client i'm going to create an estimate for each one of those things i'm going to prioritize it top to bottom that does not mean they all need to be done today But I do feel it is my responsibility as a professional to provide you with a clear picture of the condition of your automobile. That's my job. That's what you pay me to do. Right. Right. And yet we see shop after shop after shop who somehow equates that with ripping them off. Right. Right. They look at that and say, if you do that, you're trying to sell stuff they don't need. No, I'm trying to paint a picture of the automobile. Now, I remember this. I, I had a situation one time, and I'll tell you straight up, I, I fixed a car. We made a recommendation to fix. I think it was a rear differential. And then a few months later, that car came back, and it needed a bunch of front-end repairs. And he said, and I will never forget this, Lucas, if I had known that that work needed to be done, I would have never put that rear differential in it. Now, he asked me to put the rear differential in it. He didn't ask me to check that front end out. And it was the realization. He didn't know. He didn't know what condition the car was in. He didn't know anything about the car. He just knew the rear differential was bad. And he thought the only thing that an auto mechanic does is what I tell them to do because that's what I need done. I understand that. But if you're working with a professional shop, it's their job to paint you a complete image of the condition of the automobile. has nothing to do with selling you something. Right. I always make the analogy when you go into the doctor, if my elbow hurts, they still look in my eyes, take my temperature, look in my ears. You know, they're doing all that stuff. It's a standard, you know. Yeah. Uh, the doctor analogy. I I drive my service advisors crazy yeah. with this because they're like, you can say that. We can't say that. And I'll tell them, look, when I'm talking about my testing, mm-hmm. I'll explain. Here's how we do this. Our level one will determine up to 90% of all causes or cases of your concern. The other 10% of the time, we do need to escalate to a level two. 
very much like the doctor's office. You know, you go in and your arms are braids and you've got a bruise and it's all bloody. And they say, hey, I think you broke your arm, but I need to do an x-ray to determine what the proper repair to correct the concern is. The only difference is I'm going to be nice. I'm not like the doctor. I'm going to tell you how much it is up front. (laughs) (laughs) And, And they're like, I can't say that. Why not? I just said it. You know. The other one I love is when uh, that I've been using for years is when people ask how much uh, how much is it to fix it? You know, I've, I've got a noise. How much is it to fix this noise? Well, what you've effectively done is called me and asked me if I was a, your doctor. I have a headache. How much to fix my headache? Well, until we do some testing, we right. don't know if you're just stressed out. You need a couple ibuprofen, maybe a glass of wine, and a bubble bath, or you've got a golf ball sized tumor in your head. Right. You we, don't know. Do you want us to just, we'll, we'll just price it out for cutting the top of your head off and going rooting around. Yeah. But really, you just need a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that, you know. Well, yeah, I get it now. I get it. You know, there's too many unknowns. Yeah, there really is. And, and you know, it, it, even, even I, I use the doctor analogy a lot for a lot of different mm-hmm. things. And one of the things that I always kind of get looks for when I'm giving those analogies is they'll come in and they'll say, do I have to do both calipers and both front rotors? Would you go to the doctor and tell them you only wanted that one part of the knee replacement? You just want the, can I just get the ball? I don't need the socket. It's not completely degraded yet. No, he's a professional. And would you still trust the doctor if he said yes? Me personally, if he's going to let me run the show? Probably not. Um I, a la carte surgery. Yeah. There's a new business model. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, does that make any sense at all? And, and, you know, so come in full circle, like we compare our businesses to our business. Have we ever thought about slowing down and comparing it to how the rest of the world does business? Come on now. I mean, we're, we're really shooting ourselves in the foot in a lot of ways because we're, you know, and, and I, I know, you know exactly where I'm going with this. Um, we can't let clients dictate our process. Right. When you let a client dictate your process, you have lost utter and complete control of your business. Mm-hmm. And when they come in and they start telling you when they want it done and what they expect and how they no, that's not how any of this works. We don't do that. Right. And, and I, yesterday I shared a story when I was at Ratchet and Rich, there was a mistake in the shop. And so the client's saying, Hey, I need my car. 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 And instead of saying, I'm sorry. Your car's not done yet. They said, okay, why the hell did you do that? <laughs> like, why? It's not done, right? And it was done. It just was, it still had something we needed to work through. And they gave the customer the car back because the most, number one thing was keeping the client happy. They said, have you lost your effing minds? No, the number one thing we do, the desired outcome is a properly repaired automobile. Right. right. Has nothing to do with what the client wants. Of course, we want to serve them at a high level, of course, but it's our job to take their expectation and match it back down with reality, right? When I go to the doctor and I say, I don't feel good, it's not my job to tell him, well, I don't feel good and I want this, 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 and this. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense, does it? It's just not how it works. Somebody's knocking on the door. Scott, are you going to open the door? Who's the special visitor we got? I don't know. We're going to find out. It's not. If it's David Roman, I'm leaving. I quit. Put the oh. camera on and the mic. <laughs> Let's see who it is. What? What, what, what do we do? 
You might as well just come in here and talk. We're not that serious. Lunch. Did, what'd you make us, Brett? Are we going to the steakhouse? No, I don't have no beard. Oh, okay. <laughs> What's up? Everybody, Brett's back. You got. You might as well just sit in Tom's lap. <laughs> <laughs> we can share this guy. That's it. So, what do you think? You know, I think we had a good time. We we're wrapping time. up the event. Yep. I think the, the conversations I've had with people, they had a good time. Right. Friendly and looking forward to next year. I think so. Growth. Yep. Growth for next year. What are we going to yep. do to get this thing off the ground? Get this thing. It's going to take a, a conglomerated effort. Yep. Spreading the word. I, I think my biggest uh, message to associations. So I, I'm, I'm not afraid to say this, right? Associations all over the country are dying, right? They're, they're being sucked up by other associations. They're, you know, it seems like there's less activity than there's ever been before as part of IGONC or ASTA now. There was, there was a period where that organization did that. And you know how it changed? It wasn't one person. It wasn't, it wasn't the marketing. It wasn't, it was the members getting involved and being active. It was the board members. And it was bringing new board members in with new ideas. It was bringing young board members in and seeing something different than they've ever seen before. And and you know what? We're talking about fear. We're talking about not being willing to make some decisions. It takes jumping a little bit. You know what I mean? It, it takes, takes standing on the end of that cliff. That's it. And exactly right. Jump. That's exactly right. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here. We're going to wrap it up. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. If you'd like to catch these episodes early, you can do so by becoming a patron. Just go to asog.site and click on the Become a Patron Now button. Becoming a patron helps support the show, gets you several perks, and is tax deductible. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and on YouTube so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot me an email. My email address is david at asog.site. That's D-A-V-I-D at A-S-O-G dot S-I-T-E. Until next time. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast.
If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.